once again, good morning, and we'd like to uh, welcome you to uh, part two of our message uh, on the Holy Spirit and in you. And uh, if you watch that message there before, it's really talking about how, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit and you can really develop quite a powerful relationship. And this morning, I would like to introduce to you a young man by the name of Wade Hunt. Good to see you, Wade. Uh, I've known Wade now for about eight years. Um, Wade uh, first visited our church back around about that time. Uh, he was a little bit notorious in the uh, area of, uh, of uh, Gippsland because uh, of uh, his involvement in, in drug-related crime and uh, was an avid ice user and, and he was quite lost. And uh, Wade, it's been just absolutely remarkable to see the incredible transformation in your life over the years. There's been a few ups and a few downs, yep. uh, but uh, you know when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's really how you know. Firstly, Jesus came in; he became a Christian, but really the breakthrough came, uh, you know, after he really had uh, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, uh, Wade, maybe you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, how, how did you get involved in the whole uh, drug uh, world in the first place? Um, so, I don't know, I was kind of very lost as a, as a kid and um, went through a bit of, bit of pain and ended up losing um, four mates in the space of about three months. Um, so emotionally, I didn't cope with that very well and I already had a tendency of depression and other mental health issues. So. I ended up somehow finding myself in the drug scene and that just kept going from there and turned into, that was about the age of 14, 15. Um, and yeah, it turned into a 10 year long addiction. Yes. Trying to consume my life. Okay. And Wade, when, when it was at its worst, when you were, uh, I, I know there uh, a couple of years ago, it's probably about four years ago now, uh, you know, what had happened, God had put Wade on our heart, uh, we, we'd met him, you know, years before that and uh, tried to reach out to Wade and help him. But there was a time where, uh, about four years ago, that Wade got really seriously deep into uh, the use of ice. And uh, I remember just having a real uh, concern that if God didn't turn Wade around during that time that uh, his life was... Uh, you know, likely to be taken from him. In fact, at one stage you were stabbed, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, so that was not good. No. And no. at that stage you were homeless? Uh, at the stage when I was stabbed, I wasn't, but in that period I went through a period of homelessness and living on the streets and living in abandoned buildings. Yeah, and what was the, uh, the uh, drug use like? How would you describe that? Um, it was dependent. <laughs> yes. That's probably the best way to describe it. I um, got to a point that I couldn't, I couldn't function without it, and I didn't want to function without it. Yes. So I was, it was complete dependency. Yeah. And it was basically my life revolved around it. Was all I thought about, and it was all I kind of yes cared about. Yep. Yep. And I remember during that time, uh, you know, praying with other members of my family for Wade and 
We got uh, uh, many, many pastors uh, in the Gippsland area praying for Wade because we really felt that, uh, you know, God was going to move in your life. And I remember there was a prayer meeting over there in uh, Terrelgan, uh, which now would be four or five years ago, where a prophetic word came through and said that God was going to touch this man and turn him around. And when he did, that would be the beginning of a turnaround in a whole generation in our city and, and region. Now, uh, you were just incredibly lost. What, what was going on inside of you during that time? Just brokenness, honestly. Um, yep. Just complete, like, yeah, I, think, I feel like a loss just really encapsulates it. Like, I had no idea where I was going. I didn't care where I was going. And I was just so hurt and broken and... Just, I had no regard for my own life, like, yeah, just completely lost. And, and uh, how, how was your regard for people during that time? Uh, probably not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, when, when you're, you know, dependent on drugs, it consumes you, that's all you think about. Yeah. Um, like, other people's feelings aren't as important as the drug are. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. Yep, and this is, this is quite amazing because uh, Wade had, uh, you'd sort of built up a rather substantial debt in the, uh, to, you know, to certain uh, people, hadn't you? What was that like? Um, yeah, not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, you just get to a point that you just, yeah, it doesn't matter. You do what you want to do and yeah. however you can get, get on, you get on. So it's, I put myself in positions that weren't great definitely weren't safe yes and, um, it's for some reason it seemed like the smart thing to do yeah it definitely wasn't yeah that's right and uh you know i'm i'm sure that other people got caught up and hurt in what was going on through your life uh i, I know you've expressed you know your care and concern for those ones what what would you like to say to people that have been hurt by you know your actions in the past I'd really like to apologise, and I know there's you know no excuse for hurting people, but you know it's where I was at in my life wasn't a good spot, and I just I didn't act in a very good way a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's um you know it's something that I actually have to deal with is letting go of that, and letting go of that shame and guilt of the way I acted and the person I was, um, and. Yeah, I'd just I'd like to apologise for it because it's yeah. There's nothing really else I can do, unfortunately. Yeah, and obviously a lot of those people out there uh, would also be involved in the drug world. What would you say is the answer for them? God. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's there's any other answer. Like there's so many programs out there. Like I tried rehab. I ended up in prison. Like yep. there's nothing else that. Um, could fix that. Yes. And I think there's things that can fix it temporarily, like there's things that band-aids, but mm. when you're that broken, there's only one thing that can fix that, and that, that is the spirit. Like, it's, it will heal that. Yeah. And set you free from bondage. Yes, yeah. So uh, you sort of uh, were quite attracted to a young woman in our church and that was your initial reason for coming to church yep. many years ago. Can you tell me what happened that first time you came? That would be seven years ago probably? Yeah, seven or eight years ago. Um, How you felt? It was, it was very overwhelming. Yep. Um, so 
when I first came in, it was just kind of like, because I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know if God was real. I didn't know what church was about. I didn't, didn't know. But mm. I, when I first came in, there was, there's just a presence and there was just something that was calming yet overwhelming in it. Like it was, um, very confronting. Mm. And then I remember there was like the, basically the whole service was in tears. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I remember one thing I found really confronting was I came to a point where I, I through that service, I'm just like, God exists, like this is real. And then all this, this emotion came up and it was like, so if God exists, what I've been doing with my life matters. Mm. Like if God didn't exist, I could be doing whatever I wanted and it really didn't matter. Yeah. But God's real, so it mattered. And it was, it was mm. very confronting. But at the same time, kind of life-changing. Yeah, it's remarkable because, you know, what Wade has, uh, you know, explained to me on a couple of times that that first time he came to church, he really had an encounter with, with Jesus and, and with the Holy Spirit was really the presence of God that was there. What was, how would you describe that? Um, I'd say it's it's like something that draws you, and you can you can just you can feel it in your heart. Like it's, yeah, um, it's really hard to explain. So it's it's just kind of really just drew you into it. Like you can normally go into a room and just be there, but it drew you into the presence of it. Yes. Like it really enveloped you and kind of just encapsulated you. And then there was just like a stillness in you, like my mind especially with my mental health issues and stuff like that can be a million miles now and me thinking so many things i get anxiety through the roof so yes. in situations i can just be completely overwhelmed with that but when you're in the presence of the spirit like that just becomes still and yeah. becomes quiet and peaceful yeah it's incredible uh, so when you were on the first part of the journey, there was sort of like a real pulling back, wasn't there? Even though you knew God was real, yeah. there was something else going on. What was that like? Very hard. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, there was that com- confrontation of yeah. my past and even at that point my present, like I was still in that life. Um, and it was very conf- confrontational and there was just a pull like that of shame and guilt and unworthiness that that took me out in that time yes yes i felt that i wasn't worthy of god i wasn't worthy of the love of the people in church and the church itself and that i was beyond saving yeah yep so so during that time did you feel did you feel the church loved you or were they judgmental and condemning what what would you describe the church to be like they were so loving and I thought they were fake. Really? <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah. So I came in and it was, it was crazy because so many people like knew where I was at, but they loved me anyway. Yeah. And for me in the lifestyle I was living, no one is genuine. Like mm. there's people, people are fake. They want to get something from you. Yeah. So I, I actually struggled with that because I thought that everyone was fake, but it was just such an open lovingness and warmth to kind of allow you to come into a safe place to yes have that transaction with god and to be able to experience that for yourself yeah 
Yep. And and because of that pull that being pulled back, you went back full on into the yep. into the world that uh, yep. you'd tried so hard to leave. Yep. Uh, where where was the place that you were living most of the time when uh, you know when when you were homeless? Uh, actually, the abandoned police station. Okay, that that's a remarkable choice, Wade. Well, Why did you choose an abandoned police station? I thought it was the last place I would look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, well, it's amazing, and and you know during that time we all had you in our heart, and and. Uh, I know that uh, I'd been with your father and your mother and we were desperately praying and asking God that he would preserve you. Uh, and then we met you in the street in a cold winter's night about four years ago and I had, uh, I'd never seen a young man so lost and uh, I was very fearful for him. And uh, we just continued to pray uh, and prayed for a real breakthrough and the breakthrough did come towards the end of that year. What happened, Wade? Um, in the funniest of places, breakthrough came in prison. Yeah. Um, so I ended up spending six months in jail. And in that time, it was like I'd been brought to my knees. Like it was, I'd hit my, my low, my rock bottom. Yeah. And there was, there'd been a seed that had been planted in me when I'd come to church. Yes. And seeing the way you guys reached out to me and prayed for me and just genuinely went after me. Yeah, um, and that planted a seed in me. So when I was, it's probably about halfway through my sentence, I ended up getting a Bible and spending time in prison when I was in lockdown, reading the Bible and praying, and and that's like breakthrough started. Yeah, yep. So what happened in in prison while you were there? You're in there for six months, I yep. believe. What what happened? When you're reading that Bible, what what did God do? Um, well, addiction was broken off me, which okay. was massive. Um, which in itself is a massive miracle. Yeah. No withdrawals, no cravings, just complete miraculous healing. Um, but I really feel like one thing was just starting to heal my mind. Yes. And I feel like that's a process that's still going on now, and it's something I still have to keep going to God and transacting with. Yes. But it's a process that started then, and I feel like that's what's helped me to be able to come in and mm. and really actually give my heart to the Lord. Mm. Because if I if He didn't start to heal me then, when I came out, I would have been exactly where I was. Yeah, I think this is one of the most remarkable miracles that I've actually seen with Wade. Because I mentioned when we found him on the street four years ago, he just wasn't there. You know, it was uh, it was quite terrifying. And uh, we prayed for that breakthrough and the breakthrough came in prison. But God used that time to totally set you free in your mind. Yeah. And uh, uh, we, lost, uh, we lost contact with you. We didn't know where you'd gone. Uh, how did you find us again? Um, well, I just knew where you were, for one. Yes. <laughs> um, well, actually... Pastor Julian sent me a letter while I was in prison. Yes. <laughs> um, and that, that was... Uh, that was actually about the time that I got the Bible. I think it was like the week after. And in my mind, I'm like, that's God. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just kind of... Yeah. When I got out, I'm like... My thought to myself was, I can either go back to where I was 
and I would end up either back in prison or dead or I can pursue this and mm. the place that I knew that felt safe and my experience was was here. Yes. So that's where I went the very next Sunday I was out. So the first Sunday you're out, you uh, you found us and uh, uh, you've been at church ever since. How have you found uh, life at City Builders? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, life still has its ups and downs. Yes. That's, that's life. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've got a family around me. Like, you know, my, my biological family are amazing, but there's something different with a spiritual family. Like, yes. It's encouraging me to grow. It's encouraging me to keep walking forward. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to get left behind. Like, even if I become stagnant, there's a healthy challenge to keep walking and keep pursuing yep. God. Mm. And I just feel like there's life in that. Yep. So that's really interesting. So there's healthy challenge because you don't, you, you can, you know, this is one of the things about people who become Christians. If you don't move forward, you, you know, you can get pulled back into your old life. And Wade, you said that you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yep. What was that like for you? Um, it was weird to begin with. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, like the, the whole perception of praying in tongues was just felt like it was spiritual mumbo jumbo to me when I first first came to church and stuff like that but then as I pushed in for that and started going to prayer meetings and wanting that I'm like there's something in that and then it's God just started to shift in me and that that peace that I was talking about earlier that like inner peace started to become not just a once-off during a good sermon or something like that. Mm. It was something I could have in my own house. It mm. was something that I felt like could lead me. It was something that I felt like was more directional than yeah. just a feeling. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was different, but I feel like now that I've experienced it, life without it isn't like. Do you think it empowered you to live this life? Yeah. And, and if so, how did it do that? gave me direction um, and it just gave me like hope yeah <laughs> like I you know coming from being so broken and all over the place like without that it could easily slip back yeah Wade you were really broken and uh, I, I take my hat off to you for keeping marching forward how long you been clean now uh, be about about Four years now. Four years. Yeah, from totally lost to totally found. You remind me of the song Amazing Grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. It is incredible. And one of the miracles with Wade has been the clarity of his mind. You're actually doing a degree now. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I was very nervous about it. Um, So I used to do okay at school. And then, you know, 10 years of drug abuse, I I was worried about how my brain function because that's yep. especially ice it just takes a massive toll on on your brain yes um so i started i'm a year and a half in now i started my accounting bachelor in accounting yep. and loving it like i'm exactly where i felt like i was beforehand yes i feel like that's part of like that healing from that addiction i feel like god's healed my mind like yeah i shouldn't be able to function the way i do yes i should be <clears throat> brain dead honestly <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's, it's that. It's and that, and that was our concern, you know, yeah. because I think some of the ice you were actually using was sort of made in the back, the boot of a car, and and it was really, you know, really uh, very bad. But here you are, you uh, completely restored. How do your mum and dad feel about this? Over the moon. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel really bad for them. Like they, they were basically mourning it. Basically, dead son. Yeah, they were. Like I was, I was there, but I wasn't there. Yes. Um, and I don't feel like that. There couldn't have been a better result. Even if I got clean, and I could have been brain dead. Yeah. Like this is the ultimate result that there could have been. It's really a beautiful story. I remember, you know, before you uh, were incarcerated, uh, you know, meeting with your parents, and uh, they really were experiencing real hopelessness. Your mum started praying. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So that kind of took me by surprise. She didn't tell me until about a year after I was saved. Yeah. Even. She um, just started praying for me every night and to this day is still praying every night. Yes. And she's thanking God every night and praying for our church, praying for you guys. And yes. It's for, for a lady who had rough experiences through school with church, then to be able to pray to God with an open heart is just yeah. miracle. Yeah, yeah. So, Wade, how would you describe the Holy Spirit? Um, I feel like the word does it best. You're comforter and you're God. Yeah. Has he been like, that to you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like God has comforted me through... Comforted Yes. Through all of this, um, this experience, like it's, it could be quite easily for my emotions to take over, and sometimes they do. But it's as soon as I let the Holy Spirit back in and give it presence inside of me, it comforts that, and there's that mm. stillness. Yeah. And it's guiding me through this process that I have to go through. Yeah. So, so uh, Jesus has really worked uh, an absolute miracle in your life and, and he has now become the captain of your ship. And, uh, you know, obviously that encounter when you first came to church and then being baptised in the Spirit after you came out of prison has really helped you to break through and uh, real find healing and peace. Uh, where to now for you? Not sure, not sure. What's yeah, God definitely. got for you in, in uh, the church, you think? And um, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wherever he takes me. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's good. I feel like this is definitely home, but yes. I'm not sure where you're next. Yeah. Well, Wade, uh, we're incredibly proud of you and uh, love you and uh, just... Uh, it's just a beautiful story. And, the, you know, we're, we're fortunate. There's a few stories in our church just like you. Um, so people out there that maybe, how many young people, what percentage are, you know, involved in drugs in this region, do you think? 70 to 90%. Yeah, so at least trying using and, yeah, and many, of them, uh, many of them really lost in it. Yeah. What is the answer for them? God. Yep. God. Where are they going to find him? Here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, pray and reach out. But 
Yeah. Like come to church. Yeah. There's, there's the answer there and there's healing there. Will they be judged? No. What if they fall every now and again? No. no. We all do. We all do. Yep. Yep. So obviously there's been some uh, key, key players that have really helped you. Can you talk about them for for a minute? Some people in the church here. Um, so you're definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really feel like you've you've become a father figure for me. Like you've mm-hmm. really just taken me under your wing and helped me through this journey. Um, another one's Pastor Jules. He's right from the start. Like yeah. I was working with him. While yes. I was, while I was on drugs, and he just kept reaching out for me. And even after he unfortunately had to fire me yes um he just kept pursuing me yeah and it's those sort of people that just really are really doing god's work i feel yes. like like it's that's how you make a difference and that's how people yeah. out there lost in the world will experience god yeah by you living the way god intends us to live and that is to go out and reach people. yes yep I think this is just an amazing uh, story of God's grace. You know, uh, during the message earlier on, we spoke about the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, here is one of Sale's toughest cases, a young man that was totally lost, totally overcome, totally given to uh, addictive drugs, uh, including ice, uh, spent six months in prison, and God has delivered him from that. And uh, this young man has uh, just become just so much the very love part of the City Builders community here. And uh, I want everyone to know out there that there is a hope. And that hope uh, is when you begin to reach out to God. Right out of your need, wherever you're at, you begin to reach out to God and begin to pray and begin to ask him. And he will come to you. He will meet you. Uh, how about right now, if we could just bow our heads and we can just pray a prayer that changed your life right back at the start. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I'm lost, that I'm broken, that I've walked away from you. This morning, I want to turn my life around. I am coming to you, Lord Jesus. I acknowledge that you, Jesus, are the Lord of glory, the King of kings. I acknowledge that you shed your blood for me on the cross. Now, I determine in my heart that I am going to follow you from this day forward. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come in. Live on the inside of me. Make my heart your home. And I promise that with your grace, I will follow you from this day forward. Father, I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, uh, we would love to hear from you. 
I really believe if you pray that prayer with absolute sincerity, God will meet you where you're at. And I want you to know that you can find us. If you want to contact us, you can uh, through our website and you're welcome to connect into one of our uh, Bible studies so that you can start to move forward in your, uh, you know, your newfound faith. And if you are from another city or another nation even, we can connect you with the church there. So thank you so much for being with us this morning. And I just pray that Jesus would really come into your life and that you would be supernaturally baptised with the Holy Spirit. God bless you.